Hello and welcome to Rise of the Data Cloud. Today's episode features an interview with Mina Karha, Head of Data at Finnair. Mina came to Finnair two and a half years ago as the first person in that role. The company considers data expertise to be essential for its ongoing digital transformation. She built a team and developed a long-term data strategy through 2025. A key element of that strategy is moving much of Finnair's data to the cloud so it can be more easily integrated. Right now, Finnair is beginning to share data via the cloud with business partners, including other carriers, something it rarely did before. So please enjoy this conversation between Mina Karha, head of data at Finnair, and your host, Steve Hamm. Mina, you came to Finnair two and a half years ago as the company's first head of data. Why did the company create that position and what are your responsibilities? Well, at that time, Finnair had significant investments on building the organization to drive the digital transformation. A couple of years back, they had already hired a new uh, chief digital officer and, and they have already achieved great results with using data for customer 360 profiling, for example. And they, they had identified that, that data really is the critical part of successful digitalization journey. They wanted to bring this role to the company to build and drive the strategy for the whole company and have a really holistic approach across the domains. Now, how did you assemble your team? This is a brand new team with new roles and responsibilities. Well, obviously, when I started, I first started to go through the organization. I sat down with several uh, colleagues and and really spent the first months on, on learning their work and and what they are doing and and what type of skills already exist within the company. I decided to form a a central team that can complement the skills that are lacking from the organization and kind of build a team that can easily help different teams with various needs that they have and adjust to every situation. So I identified that we needed certain skills to be uh, recruited to the team. And then I also gathered some of the existing experts from the already existing organization to form this team. Now, you created some new roles, and I'm interested, one was data asset product owner. Mm -hmm. What exactly do they do? So data asset product owner, the purpose of the role was to, to really show that data should be treated as an asset, as any business asset. And we also wanted to break the organizational silos, and, and therefore we defined five data assets that are critical for the company to run the everyday business. But those assets are not the same as, as the organizational units. So, for example, customer data is one of those assets, employee data is one, and production services is, is one data asset. And for each of these data assets, we nominated an owner who is responsible of all the developments related to that data asset. So making sure that we are able to release the full potential for business value from customer data, for example. The data asset owner owns the backlog, like any product owner, the development backlog, and and they also build and implement tools to identify and measure business value created from that data and work together with all the different units that use the customer data, for example. That's a technology person, really. 
that's the basic be, skill. It's between technology and business in a sense that the, the key is always the business value. And, and obviously the data asset owner needs to also understand the technical challenges, possible restrictions and, and also uh, opportunities. But there is obviously a bigger team to support them in, in the technology. So I would say it's, it's maybe even more on the business side than, than the technology. So you mentioned before that the company established a chief digital officer. That's, that's Tommy Pinamaki. How do you work mm -hmm. with him? Tommy came to the company uh, last year and he took over from his predecessor, Katri Harrasalonen, who had been already building the, the digital organization. In general, uh, Tommy is responsible of the business services, so the uh, IT systems the supporting the business. Uh, he's also responsible of the digital services development, where we have uh, quite a big team developing our, our digital touch points, and then he's responsible for overall infrastructure and project management, and, and then also data. And how we work together... Uh, when Tommy started, he, he basically told me that the way that I had been working before, so, so uh, working closely with different uh, units and, and building these programs and, and roadmaps together has been very successful. And, and he said that you just need to continue with your path. And he has done some changes in the organization after he joined but basically the data team and the programs that we have been running have continued still mm -hmm. as is now i know that one of your in addition to kind of forming the team and getting the programs going that one of your initial responsibilities was to create a data strategy for the period all the way through 2025 so how did you go about developing the strategy and did those programs come out of that or were they existing so uh, when I started, uh, there had been a study already made by a consultant for the uh, data area. So there was as is analysis and some recommendations. Uh, and I started from obviously from that study. And I formulated then the first version of the vision and mission and, and strategy based on, on the study. And then we had several workshops with various stakeholders, colleagues from, from all over the organization and basically just kind of uh, brainstormed around the vision and, and mission and strategy and, and build a really joint version of that. So uh, commercial and customer experience, operations, IT, privacy and, and HR were all involved, involved in that work. And then when the final version was ready, we uh, first presented it to our digital leadership team and then later also to our executive board. And after that, we started uh, one big program that, that started to build the first phase of the roadmap, which is focusing on the data availability. So that's kind of the major components. I know it's, a, it's probably a, a big strategy with a lot of elements, but what are the key two or three most important components that you're really acting on? 
So uh, basically our vision is that by 2025, uh, our data savviness will make us, so the whole organization, the most efficient, reliable and personal travel company. So it's, it's uh, clearly linked to our organization strategy as well. And it also says that our data culture allows us to actively release the full potential of our data assets value. And, and to get there by 2025, uh, we build a phased roadmap where the first three years had a clear team. And then the idea was that when we move forward, we learn what is uh, easy for us and what is maybe a bit more challenging for us. And then we can plan the themes for the next years based on, on the learnings. So having a bit agile approach there. And the first, first year's theme was to, to really build the fundamentals for, for making the data available so that there is a shared and accessible environment for all the teams to use the data in the secure way and, and share the outcomes easily with other teams. So breaking the silos between the units and teams and really having one environment to work together and that's what we have been building now and now for this year the theme is the data asset value and governance so putting more focus on ensuring the quality and also building the visibility to the uh, understanding the, the content of the data so building the data catalog further. Now I understand that part of the strategy is moving a lot of your data and a lot of the data analytics activities to the cloud. Mm -hmm. When and why did you make that move and how essential is that to your overall strategy? Yeah, or already before I started at Finner, they had made this proof of concept by building a first initial version of the customer 360 profile to, to cloud using the AWS cloud and bringing data from three key sources and, and combining them into one model. And they had also built some recommendations and, and, and prediction models on, on top of that data. And that had shown that it really creates value and, and is, is a good approach. So we had a confidence through this proof of concept already in place. But then we decided to, to really build the new platform uh, not on top of what was already built, but really start looking at the technology stack and, and the way we build it based on the lessons learned and, and based on the experience by the newly hired team as well. Now, at some point, you brought in the Snowflake platform, correct? Mm -hmm. How are you using that? So uh, our data platform consists of several layers. We have the ingestion pipeline, so getting the data in. Then we have the data lake, uh, where the, the data is basically in a um, non-processed format. And then we have the more traditional data warehousing, where the data is modeled and business logic is added to that. And Snowflake, in, in our case, is the uh, data warehouse part of our data platform. It is obviously very heavily used because the company used to have only data warehouse. So most of the users are still more familiar with the modeled data than really using the data lake type of solution. 
So I'd like to just dig in a little bit on in, in using the data warehouse. Is there a project that you've run that has really delivered some interesting results? Well, we, we started in 2019 our data platform development program, which quite fast expanded so that we actually just before the COVID-19 mm. situation, we were running in four different streams. So we had like a four projects or, or agile teams working each on their own backlogs and then building the common platform. We have been able to bring in a lot of critical data already. Uh, there are very successful cases. We have been, for example, being able to build the model that combines our key data sources actually together and the analysts can actually analyze the data much better. Now we can, for example, it might sound a bit uh, strange coming from outside the, the industry, but it's, it's actually a industry kind of general problem that it's not always easy to combine, for example, bookings and the actual tickets and, and really understand the customer's journey from end to end. So, so we have been able to combine some of the key data sources already and, and build a consistent model. And what comes to the data volumes, we have been able to, to bring in bigger volumes of, of our data for predictions that our previous uh, data warehouse was not able to digest. Well, you talked about the end-to-end journey of the customer. With that knowledge and that capability, what adjustments has the business made? Well, we obviously do recommendations and uh, some predictions as well on what would be the kind of the next best actions for customers from commercial point of view. We also, uh, from customer experience point of view, we are able to analyze the customer feedback and link that to the uh, flights and also to the cabin crews. Then uh, from the operations side, we have been able to understand, uh, well, have been able to predict flight delays based on the weather and, and runway capacity at Helsinki Airport, which is our home hub, and then connect that information to the connecting flights from the customer's perspective and also from the aircraft and cabin crew perspective. So to understand not only individual flights, uh, delay, probability, and act on that, but also to understand the whole chain. That's really interesting. So you were able to do that real time. So maybe if the, if the plane is going to be late, you can start booking people on other flights if they're going to miss their connections and things like that? That's exactly the, the yeah. aim, that we can start the uh, actions as early as possible and mitigate the actual problems that it might cause later on. Mm-hmm. Now, part of your overall data strategy is an artificial intelligence strategy. Mm-hmm. What technologies are you using and, and how are you using those? Well, we are still in, in the phase that, that we have uh, several teams within the organization who are building the models and each team is using their own technology so we basically we we use uh, r or python or or these kind of languages and now we are actually in the 
at the moment we are working on, on, on building that consistent shared uh, data science uh, process tools for the whole company to work work with because that also then allows us to share easily the algorithms and the outputs across teams. So that's basically machine learning modeling to do yes. more predictions? Yes. Okay. Now, you talked earlier also about how Finair has been on this journey to being a data-driven company. And in order to do that, you have to have obviously a lot of technology, you have to have a lot of data, but you also have to almost recondition the people or create a culture to support the goal. What is Finair doing to do that, to create a culture? And what's your role in that? That's a very good point. And I think that bringing in the new technology is even the easiest part, but then the really changing the behavior and building this new skills needed, that, that's, <laughs> that's the key for successful data-driven companies. So, so first of all, I have to say that within Finair, there are a lot of uh, enthusiastic people, a lot of colleagues who are willing and, and eager to learn and are interested in understanding the data and being able to use it in their own role. So I think that's a great starting point. It starts from the motivation of the people. We have already established some uh, knowledge sharing uh, type of events to really build up the the knowledge across teams because there are teams who have more skilled analysts or people who are working with data and then teams that don't have those skills yet but are are eager and and willing to learn. So we have, for example, bi-monthly analytics afternoons where we have always one external keynote for inspiration outside the company and then few colleagues are always sharing their ideas or what they have developed to really show and make it transparent within the company that that what's already done and what can be done and who could be the colleagues to turn to when individuals might have questions or, or want to learn something. But obviously that's just one way of doing it, making the internal skills and experts visible and then at the moment we are working together with our age and and we have been defining our strategic competencies and the work will continue now to really build also a plan of actions that are needed to build and strengthen these strategic competencies And obviously, there are various uh, possibilities to do that. There is the very traditional training, but then there is also opportunity to build those skills through job rotation or or adding new requirements when we are hiring new people. And and then obviously also empowering and nurturing these type of uh, communities and and peer support groups where, where people can learn from each other. So I just want to be clear or or make sure I understand. So you're talking about like marketing people, operations people, flight crews, even executives, basically learning the importance of data and also learning how to get their hands on it or get the help they need to get their hands on it. Correct? Yes, Yes, that's true. You know, it's interesting. Finair has seems to have a lot of long-term goals. Like, for instance, I've seen that you have this goal of being carbon neutral by 2045. 
and also that it wants to cut in half its net emissions by 2025 from, I guess, the 2019 level. So these are very ambitious goals and very admirable. Is data analytics playing an important role in achieving those goals? Yes, definitely. First of all, I want to say that I'm also very excited about our new sustainability strategy, and I, I really like that it's, it's very ambitious and excited to be part of that work. Uh, definitely data analytics is, is playing a very important role in that. It can obviously bring the tools for better visibility so that, that we can, for example, build more accurate plans. For example, in order to reduce the uh, emissions, uh, it is very important that we can really make flight plans that we can then operate and there's no need to either speed up for catching the time, nor that there is additional waiting time before the plane can land. So, so obviously, when flying very directly to the destination without additional uh, waiting or additional speeding up, then, then that will reduce the emissions quite significantly. So, so the accurate flight plans are very important. Mm -hmm. And obviously data can help with those. And then the other thing that data can provide us is then to also be able to measure and show the progress when we are moving forward with our ambition we can actually show to our stakeholders that we are really achieving and, and progressing with our plans now when you talked about the flight plan and kind of optimizing it you have to do that in collaboration with air traffic control and things like that right i mean it seems like there's a, a lot of data sharing involved in that is, is that something that you're doing and and how do you do the sharing of data yeah data sharing and especially with the on, on the European single European sky program, it's, it's obviously a very important uh, topic for us. We share and we use data. There are also legislations and some government things on, on, on sharing the data, but there's also a lot of opportunities to do that even better to, to really build solid plans. Is the, the kind of the cloud data platform, is that helping out with that sharing now or is that something that might happen in the future? Well, at the moment, on, on that area, we are not sharing data from the uh, cloud data platform, but obviously there are other areas that we have been testing the sharing of, of data with other partners. And, and obviously that is, is a very valid opportunity to also use that form mm -hmm. for the future. Can you talk about one of those kind of explorations? Yes, so obviously airline industries is very much connected and, and we exchange data on daily basis with various partners we do have uh, some airlines that we have more closer collaboration in form of uh, joint businesses where where we basically serve the same customer and on that area we are currently running a proof of concept where we are testing if sharing that data through the uh, cloud data platform instead of uh, exchanging uh, messages would be more efficient and, and faster and in general more efficient. So there are a couple of, of airlines that we have now 
a joint proof of concept on, on that area. So you're sharing information real time so that you can sync up better and give the, the customer just a much better end-to-end experience? Is, is that what you're looking at? Well, that, that particular proof of concept is, is more on exchanging the data on daily level. So it's, it's not real time yet, but obviously it could be done on, on almost real time as well, yeah. if, if that's successful. Could you just dig a little deeper? What kind of data is being shared and, and what's the result of it? Well, the proof of concept is, is uh, focusing on our, our joint business. So, so there are certain um, data that we have agreed with the other airlines that, that will be shared related to the uh, flights and uh, customer information related to that joint business. Now, we're in the middle of a global crisis, a health crisis, an economic crisis, a crisis of society. And, and Finnair obviously has been impacted tremendously, cutting you know, 90, more than 90% of its flights. Are you doing anything special with data analytics during this crisis period, either to respond to what's happening right now or to kind of prepare for a recovery? Well, uh, obviously, our focus is, is mostly on the recovery phase. So, so we need to obviously follow closely when the travel restrictions start to be released again and, and then really to analyze how fast and, and which routes should we start operating again and what are the expectations or what is the demand in general how will it start to increase again? Obviously, the challenge is that the same prediction models that we normally use, for example, uh, predict the demand or passenger volumes, they won't work in this kind of situation because there is no reference data for this type of situation. But still, the good thing is that we have been building this data platform and we already have a good visibility to several data assets and can combine them. And I think that's where the really the benefit comes from to be able to, to really use very rich data. So combining data from various sources and then really to analyze it and, and understand the uh, correlations and, and the end-to-end process. And then that will help us to, to identify that. Where will the demand start increasing yeah. again and then where to put the operational efforts then? So you're not able to use machine learning. You're not able to depend on it as much as during normal times. Mm-hmm. What are the new data sources or data analytics tools that you're using to try to predict? Well, I would say in general, it's, it's of course the ability to actually combine the data. So we have a lot of, uh, or we have had in history, a lot of individual data sources, but we haven't been able to really combine, for example, uh, data from market research or or competitor data, and and then maybe some other sources. And, And now we have the tools, we have the data lake, we have the data platform, and we have a skilled people in the organization to actually work with the data and it's not anymore uh, the blocker is not anymore the performance of a database or ability to access the data so it's it's more about 
the ability to really read and analyze and find the insights and then find the correlations from that data. Lastly, I just wanted to ask you a question that's about the future. If you look ahead a couple of years, we're either going to return to normal or a new normal. And it's hard to predict, you know, what it'll be. But can you look ahead the next five or 10 years and, and see what role you think data will play? Yeah, I, I, I would think and I would like to believe that data will have a significant role what comes to uh, generating value for customers and through that, obviously, for businesses and that it will really achieve the status of asset. And uh, I think that there's already progress there, for example, now that the legislation has changed around privacy lately in in many countries and, and areas and individuals like as consumers are coming more aware of the data they create and the data that they give to businesses to gain better uh, services or other value in return. And obviously, then the companies, the businesses, also when they are able to use the data, then they can also build their business value, their services. So it's kind of a exchange type of uh, asset in the same way that money is or has been previously. So I think uh, that's definitely something that will change. So it's almost like a quid pro quo between the customer and the, and the business. Yes. Sounds more like a, level, a leveler playing field with the customer having more control and demanding more control. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then also it gives the uh, businesses the opportunity to really build their business further if they are able to really provide additional value and, and show that they are trustworthy and, and ethical and transparent, they will get more data because obviously the customers, the consumers are, are willing to give the data when they know that that is in a secure place and they will get some additional better service better value for it. So trust is going to be an important part of the relationship. Interesting. Well, this has been a delightful conversation. You've, uh, you really do have a wonderful strategic view. And uh, I think you've explained things very well. Thank you. Yeah. It's interesting. You have a background in media, but yes. you've, certain, you've certainly taken to the airline industry pretty quickly, <laughs> haven't you? I have, and I have to say it has been, uh, these two and a half years have been really full of learnings. But in general, in, in this um, data and analytics domain, it's it's not really that different from the media or from airline, or I would assume also for any other business either. So there are still these uh, same very general principles that apply everywhere. Yeah, that's a good insight. Well, Minna, thank you for your time today and thanks for sharing your story. It's really been fascinating. Thank you, Steve. It's been a really pleasure. That does it for this episode of Rise of the Data Cloud. Thank you for listening. 
This episode is brought to you by Snowflake. To see how you can get secure and easy access to any data with near infinite scalability, visit snowflake.com.